Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Talk On Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hallett. And man, this almost feels a little weird. Like we have our own preseason two, getting the kinks and the stutters out of the way. Obviously, I got some work to do. Uh, My esteemed colleagues that have joined me tonight, I've got uh, the one and only Brian Painter. Hey, B. Hey, buddy. Welcome back. It's been a nice summer off and uh, enjoying... uh Enjoying actually some uh, very pleasant weather uh, for the most part here in New York City. I'm sure there's a heat wave right around the corner that's going to depress me, but uh, it's great to be back in the seasons afoot. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a, high expectations this season. I got big expectations for us. <laughs> and everybody's wondering, since Kiev, was it really a concussion? <laughs> it was. Well, might have been a concussion from how much we had to travel back for it, but um, especially yourself, but, uh, yeah, um, I have, I have high expectations coming off, uh, a, a bitter, a bittersweet result in, uh, Kiev and the champions league final. Yep. And speaking of Kiev, your roommate from that apartment with stairs, I, I maintain or engineered to make you fall. Not anything I could have done. <laughs> <laughs> the man with no Twitter, Tyler Rano. How are you, man? Gentlemen. Uh, it's great to be back. I'm happy to report that just yesterday I finally got back from Kiev, and uh, it was a <laughs> lovely summer over there. Ukrainian Airlines, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just fell in love with the fell in love with the country, you know. Because you get trapped, get trapped in the elevator. <laughs> That's right. The self cranked freight elevator that to our apartment. <laughs> That's what they call an organic ad. So many thoughts since our last pod, which for me was the ill-fated Fikir announcement. Sorry, everyone. When Joyce calls it and LFC TV makes videos, it's usually done, but it wasn't. And last I was on with you two at that restaurant in Kiev. What was the name of that place? Uh, I, oh, uh, Mafia. 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 <laughs> nice pull, dude. Yeah. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't half bad. And 30 bucks. Get anything for- you wanted. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anything you want for $2. Uh, <laughs> The U.S. tour, so we've had a wave of emotions, right? We had the despair of the final, burst of hope, Fabinho, right? A statement of intent by the club. And then we had the Fakir head fake, whole lot of nothing to our uh, glorious signing on the 20th of this month, Allison Becker. Shout out to Becca Deveris and Mrs. Firmino. Hey, hey. Um, to the <laughs> to the U.S. tour and, and now the mother of all transfer rumors, Christian Pulisic, for those in the U.S., our U.S. listeners, we have a few. Uh, he's declined his renewal with Dortmund and kicking massive frenzy across both Liverpool and Chelsea nation. Is there Chelsea still have supporters? <laughs> Someone check on that. What are you lads to make of the anticipation going into the next season? Why don't we start with you, Painter? I haven't been this positive going into the start of a new season, probably in my entire Liverpool supporting career, which, which spans a good decade and a half. And uh, man, I can't, there's just so much positivity around the club and they've looked great in preseason and, you know, everybody seems together. Uh, supporters from all over the world seem unified around the team. The team seems in good spirits. I mean, 
there's just so much positivity. I don't know if I'm a Liverpool fan or what. Um, this doesn't feel right for some reason, but holy smokes. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I, I am absolutely in a different state of mind for this season. I, I think we're absolutely going to come out blistering and um, I just can't wait for it to get going. It looks like Lazar Markovic is on his way out of Liverpool. Tyler, you must be broken up about that. I, you know, it is a bit of a disappointment. He, uh, when we oh, bought Jesus. him, he was, he was decent money back then. And he really, as a young kid, and he still is a young kid now, he, he was a very exciting player. He has certainly um, traveled the globe trying to, to remain part of the club. I guess if you can find somebody to take him, good for him. He's got to kickstart his career. He's got to play. And he's got to go somewhere that he's, uh, that he's needed. And uh, I just don't think. I think the club sort of outgrew him uh, as a player. I just, still, I just still can't believe he's on a payroll. I mean, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, well, that's amazing. You want to talk about earning a paycheck? Holy smokes. <laughs> Adam Bogdan, what? Yeah, right. Wow, that's another one that's a mystery to me. Even more so than uh, Markovic. He was there to push Mignolet, right? I mean, those <laughs> <laughs> of course, it makes sense to me. Um, so speaking of preseason, it wouldn't be a complete discussion if we didn't discuss that lovely match yesterday. Meaningless as it was. But it wasn't. It's United's overworked on U23s versus half our first team or more. I feel like I'm on a continuous drip of United misery. Why don't we start out with our various seat indices from the match? Mix it up a little. Uh, Tyler, why don't you go first? I guess the, um, the bright spot for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a dark horse out here and say uh, the young kid Phillips at center back. I think he's been really interesting. He's been a bright spot all preseason, and I think he is a great job. collected, and he's he's always doing something. We don't have many players in the center back role that do this, but if you watch him when he's playing, he's always finding a way to get open. You know, so, some of the other guys when the pressure comes, you know, you see it with Lovren, you see it with some others, uh, Clavin. They just sort of panic and uh, and wait to see what's going to happen. The Phillips kid, he's he's dropping back into more awkward positions for himself, and then collecting the ball and releasing the pressure with a long ball. It's not always the right move, but he's doing it at the right times. And, you know, other than that, he's putting in some good shifts, putting in some good tackles and marking well. So uh, I don't have any complaints. I think he's played very well. So it's a good shot for your positive. Who's your negative? Uh, Daniel Sturridge. Um, just because of how damn good he looks and how we all know he's going to sign a contract next week for a billion dollars and then break every bone in his body. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he could be such a player. Uh, genuinely um, just think he could be something out of this world. When you see him in a moment like this and you see just the natural ability he has, it would be you'd, it'd be impossible to say he's not, he's not special. But if he... He's never been able to put it all together. He's never been able to stay healthy. And um, it, it's just a shame to sort of see what could be, what could have been. But also knowing that lurking right around the corner is some, uh, some more heartbreak for all the, all the supporters who get behind him every time he does this. Yeah, well, he had the video of him and the special needs kid from Detroit or around Ann Arbor. 
I mean, it just completely sunk me in again. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a hundred percent, I'm a hundred percent Danny. You I want to buy back into it cause I just love them. So I, I agree with you, Tyler, man. And we'll, we'll probably come on to this, but I, I think we're kidding ourselves if we're going to rely on him as depth for this, for the, for this season. I just, I, 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 I love him to death and I hope he comes good and I hope he plays well and I hope he stays fit. If he stays fit, we're fine. We're, we're laughing because he's scoring, he's scoring 15 to 20, no doubt, even in a substitute role. He's got, yeah, he's got that level of quality. I just, he just can't stay healthy more than a game or two. I mean, hell, what last season when he got loaned out to West Brom, he came on and injured himself in the first 10 minutes. Uh, you could also I mean, describe it as the most amazing hero's journey you've ever seen. Yeah, no, Mo- mostly in despair. Yeah, he seems in good spirits, and you know he's he's certainly grown as a as a person. You you mentioned the the charity work that um, he was doing in, on the U.S. tour, but and, and that's why we love him, and he certainly loves the club. And he, I just, I, man, I just, I cringe at thinking that he's going to be one of our top players for squad death. Squad depth. Okay. Well, why don't we start with your seed index? What was your positive and negative from the match? <laughs> My positive seed index has nothing to do with Liverpool. It has to do with the fact that Mourinho's in year three to, uh, complete uh, utter dismay already. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's absolutely fucking great. It is beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely great. And then Klopp taking the piss out of him um, when he was like, I, I live for making Josie Mourinho smile. <laughs> I just absolutely got the biggest kick out of it. And, oh, man, I just I, I love the fact that he's in uh, season three. United are look like they're a complete and utter shambles. Um, they played absolutely horrible. He's tearing down his players, and it's preseason already. I mean, if that just doesn't get you out of your seat and excited to watch uh, Man United implode before the season even starts, I don't know what I don't know what what to do with you, man. It's absolutely great. Okay, um, very fair, positive. Yeah. So, it, was yeah. there a negative? My negative is some of the youngsters like Woodburn, uh, who we had high hopes for a couple seasons ago. I just I just don't see it happening for him. Uh, and some of those younger guys uh, like Shea Ojo look good and. You know he he impressed. Um, you know he, he took the penalty well. He he seemed a decent decent enough threat. I just don't think they're going to be long term Liverpool players, and I feel for him because we had high hopes for those types of kids, and I think they're just going to be moved on or or loaned out. And I just don't ever see it happening for him. So I'm a little disappointed at that, but nothing nothing too major at this point in the preseason. Okay. Save a little bit of that. Let's keep powder dry because I want you to yeah. get, get into who's in, out, and loan. Uh, but first, Tyler, his painter kind of opened up, and I just want to dance around in it for a bit if we could. <laughs> Mourinho, third year, hardly in transfers in, uh, going scorched earth with the players, uh, continuing his run of negative football in preseason. I don't know if that's ever been done <laughs> for a top six, top club in Premier League anyway. Like, <laughs> what do you say? It's tough to it's tough to really say anything. He, we everyone has their opinions on Mourinho. He's got a great history as a coach. I thought it was borderline shameful to lay into a bunch of U twenty three U nineteen players the way he did. Uh, I really I thought that was sort of 
embarrassing for the club, embarrassing for him. No one should do that to a bunch of kids getting their run out for the club that they've been killing themselves to get a game for for years. True, uh, that was that was terrible. Yeah. Um, so the demise, the demise of uh, and the state of Manchester United is funny, and uh, we can all get a kick out of that for you know the time that lasts. But I, I do feel for those those youth players who sort of got laid into and uh, caught in the in the Jose steamroller that's uh, that's been on the loose the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and like. Who is going to go there? You know, the, the brand that Mourinho has built for himself, uh, the third year is well chronicled. And now at United, he needs players then. He probably needs at least a center back, probably some help in the midfield. And the environment he's creating, why would any player, why would Pulisic, not to upset Painter too much, entertain a move to his Wahid club, or if you want to believe those rumors, why? Well, because he's not a fucking idiot. That's why. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're going to attract players because it's Man United and they got deep pockets and they'll spend money, right? Um, they got Fred signed, even though he got sent to the rack by one of our U23s. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're going to sign players. He's going to come out with some some big you know, some big stars before the ninth, I have a feeling. Maybe one, maybe two. They're going to give him at least one more player. My, my, my thing on Jose is that, you know, he has completely lost the plot already before the season even starts. <clears throat> and I just hope he makes it through the entire season. He's, he's odds-on favor right now to be the first manager sacked <laughs> um, by the bookies. And boy, do I just hope he makes it the entire season, and we see a repeat of what he did at Chelsea in his third se- <clears throat> in his third season, uh, where he completely lost the, you know, lost the locker room, and they ended up finishing tenth. Um, another repeat of that would be absolutely tremendous. I don't think they'll fire him unless it gets absolutely toxic. And so you 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 don't think they would? I don't. I, well, I, I think I think a couple things. Like, who are you going to come in in midseason to take over United? Because none of the good managers are going to be available. Hopefully, uh, Pochettino just <laughs> by his claws and crashed two clubs at once. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and I think he's under a longer term contract because he re-upped his contract. Yeah. So you're going to have to pay him a shit ton of money to get him out in the middle of the season. I. So I think they might hang on to him. If they see the season's a lost cause and they're not anywhere close to a Champions League spot, um, I, don't think, I don't think they'll fire him. I think they'll just hold on to him, kind of do, do a Conte at, at Chelsea last year, just put up with it until the end of the season. Um, but, man, it's, it's going to be fun to watch, and I hope they absolutely go down in flames. Nothing <laughs> would make me happier. <laughs> It is funny. They have some. They have some players. There's no doubt about that. You know, talking about who they can attract, but it's just, you, you know, the view. I mean, it, maybe this is a biased uh, opinion, but the view of that club must be that it's just such a toxic environment right now, and it's just you know, there's really little positivity coming out. Of it. You have your World Cup winner in uh, in Pogba, who immediately after the World Cup, instead of complimenting him and congratulating him. Mourinho was saying, "Oh, but he can't play that well at United." <laughs> it's like you, you can't even take the success <laughs> that people are feeding to you. Well, that's um, that. That's so. basically my my argument for why he'll 
probably get sacked midseason. You know, if he starts on a low and he's out of the top four race before it even really starts and on no track to win the league, uh, I think you would need, you could pull in Southgate and cut through that nonsense. You know, you've, you've got, not that he would be eligible for United. I don't think they would go that way. But my point is you saw Pogba in the World Cup. You saw Lingard in the World, World Cup. Their performances were next level. Is Mourinho going to get the same thing out of him? You know, still coaching the team. I don't think he will. Yeah, if you're, you're going to have. I mean, if you look at their starting eleven, right? You're going to have Lukaku, Rashford, Martial, Mata. I mean, these are all options, right? Sanchez, Pogba, Fred, Matic. You know, then you get to the back line, and if Baye stays healthy, who's a unit? Which he doesn't. Always, yeah, which we always thought highly of him. Um, except his injury record has been terrible, uh, and you still have the great equalizer in the back of back uh, line of uh, David De Gea. So, I mean, listen, they can they can grind out points. They ground out points last year, and they played shit soccer. So, listen, I'm I think they I think he hangs on long enough to to complete the season. I think they're in deep shit though, um, and I I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, some of those big players uh, like Pogba, uh, Lukaku quit on him this season, especially Pogba, because he just seems like a whiny bitch from time to time. So um, <laughs> I think I think he would say if the going got tough, Sanchez, <laughs> Sanchez is another one, too. He's another whiner. If the, when the when the going gets tough, I think they just pack it in, um, which, again, well, except for him making 400 a week, right? Like, well, I mean, listen, he can go out and pay for a lot of things, but he's not putting it together on the fucking pitch. So, um, I'm listen, it's it's a good time to be a Liverpool fan and laugh at United and all that shit that's going on over there. And if you talk to any United fan, and unfortunately I know a bunch of them here in the city, they're just not happy with the state of affairs right now. All the players, all that talent, none of them are happy. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they're basically getting hotchined. Terrible leadership. It's nowhere befitting a top club. Okay. Well, that, that's the United portion of the discussion. Glad we got that out of our system and we'll be keeping doing it. Hopefully we got multiple years of Mourinho because more of this is delightful. Getting into the preseason and our squad, sort of the purpose of our pod. Let's talk about like who's impressing at this point. Who, who might be on the bubble that is impressing you? Why don't we go with Tyler first on this? Bubble, the bubble players. I'm I'm back to Nat Phillips. I mean, I think I'd rather see him as a young kid if he's showing some form of promise. Him, Joe Gomez. You know, I think Klopp singled him out for for decent praise along the uh, the U.S. leg of the tour. I'd rather see those young kids get some game time at center back over, you know, I, I like Clavin, but it's not like he's getting any better. True. You've got two young kids sort of banging down the door. Um, it, it's great to have Clavin for, you know, cup games and just as sort of like a break glass in case of an emergency. You, you have a, a well-traveled, uh, yeah, learned player. But uh, these young kids look good. And, you know, so that second center back position in my mind, despite Lovren's World Cup, should be wide open. And um, I think, you know, if we're not going to go out to market, we should at least experiment and not be shy about giving the young kids some game time. So that'd be a choice over Clavon, right? Because you're not going to keep it. Gomez. I guess he'll back up Trent. Always says that, but Klopp, obviously. 
Wait, yeah, that's Klein what I'm played great. Yeah, Klein, I mean, Klein played you great. Got three right backs. Yeah. Okay. So you got three. You got the Klopp's been playing Gomez at center back, right? So you got him plus Phillips, plus Mati, plus Klavan, and Lovren and Van Dyke. I mean, would Klopp run with six? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, you would think that's not the case. I I haven't seen any traffic. I don't know about you guys, about any of our center backs going out. I've certainly seen Klopp say he's not planning to bring anybody in. But like I said, I I, I do think we're due for an upgrade there. If Matip can't stay healthy, I think he's a he's got potential to be a good player. But again, in order to do that, you need to be healthy. Yep. Uh, if he can stay healthy, if Lovren continues to play like he has the past six months. I don't think anybody's touching him. He's played very, very well ever since that Tottenham game, more or less. But um, I do think that's that position and the number ten are sort of, in my opinion, the uh, the open roles left in the starting lineup. And um, I mean, I guess it's Lovren's spot to lose at this point. But I just think that the young, at this point, young talent should be given the opportunity, particularly Gomez, particularly Gomez. But uh, I do think Phillips kind of made a case for himself uh, during this during this preseason. Duly noted shout. Painter, who, who impressed you in preseason so far? Yeah, as it relates to our back line or just in general? Just in general. Well, I mean, just to, just to close out on Lovren, because um, <laughs> I'm absolutely made up that Lovren's going to be starting next to Van Dyke because for no no other reason other than to hear Joey Vishny bitch and moan all season long. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be the only one. <laughs> that Lovren's in the starting lineup. Uh, and then he'll play a blinder and followed up by a Tottenham. Then, you know, um, we'll be back to the regular uh, broadcasting standards for him. But listen, I mean, it's preseason, so it's tough to it's tough to really gauge how great these players can be or have been. Um, you can't really judge it by the Man United game because, God, Man United was a dreadful. Um, so... I, I was really excited to see some of the Chiesa show. I think, uh, you know, the couple appearances he had, he really bossed it. Um, you could see he's next level to what was on the field and what he was playing against. Granted, it was weaker competition, but, man, he looked great. Um, and I love how they faked a neck injury in the United game. Our neck stiffness, I think, is uh, what Klopp referenced it as. So Chiesa didn't play against uh, United. I think... A little bit of gamesmanship there, saving Keita for uh, for the regular season uh, match against. Uh, so it'll be the first time they get to see him, so they can't analyze him, which I love. I thought that was a good, yeah, I thought that was a good move um, and and pretty funny. But uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Sturge, my goodness, um, if he can just stay fit, and I don't want to beat a dead horse in this, but. He's got me back into reminiscing about 13, 14 um, and just the wonderful striker that he can be and the quality and the class. Um, I thought his preseason was exceptional. It's hard not to get excited about what he can bring to the table provided he's healthy. Um, and to Tyler's point earlier, Amati, you know, he has all the tools in the world, but He's got to stay on the pitch in, in order to demonstrate what he can bring to the table. So, But I thought he had a great preseason, and I'm excited to see what he can bring to the, uh, bring to the table to, uh, if he stays with the team and he stays fit. The other guy that really impressed me uh, and came out of nowhere was Camacho. I thought he acquitted himself extremely well uh, in that right-sided fullback position. 
uh, I mean, he's a young kid. I don't, I don't even think he's 20 yet. Um, I think he's what, 17, 18, uh, something like that. And I thought he played exceptionally well, uh, when given the opportunity, he looked assured, he looked bold, uh, and strong on the ball, uh, had a bit of pace about him, really went forward hard. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny because Trent Alexander Arnold, um, is in that position. You've got Klein in that position. So I just don't see him leapfrog in either one of those two, but I thought he really impressed this preseason and gave the manager something to think about. Hmm. Yeah. Good show. He, he played very, very well. I agree. And he's yeah. 18 years old coming on playing right back. Never played position before. I think they said, uh, at a senior level before this, uh, this preseason. And I thought he bossed it. And Curtis Jones, too. Uh, he was all over the pitch, and every time he touched the ball, people got excited. So, you know, those young kids, certainly, they weren't the the first to jump to mind for me, but you can't knock them. They, they played a great preseason. Uh, Klopp is known as the developing manager, right? And it's good for at least one prospect or two coming into the season. So I would definitely pay attention. I thought Phillips is a really good shout. I, Camacho looked amazing. He normally plays in the midfield, right? It's like a yeah, I think 10, like usually. A right mid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lalana, to me, uh, I think, you know, so I still have PTSD and I'll uh, dog him every time I get a chance in our internal social network. But it seems you like. You love players. Yeah. The English players, especially. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it, doesn't it seem it, it, at risk of, you know, turning Jimmy Torrey home, like uh, making him spontaneously combust? It looked like he kicked up some pace. Like it, it seems that he might be recovering. Am I calling it too early, Tyler? What do you think? I mean, everybody here knows I'm a big Adam Milano fan. Uh, I think he brings something to the team that nobody else on the roster does, as far as his close control, his running of people, his his you know. Uh, actually, I will say Bobby kind of overstepped him, in my opinion, as like the the lead from the front pressure guy, but back you know that six month stretch where Lalana had where he was just constantly uh one of the best in the pitch he was just leading the press from the front so if we had him in the midfield and Firmino doing it it was it was uh, just terrifying terrorizing defenses I, I think he's I saw an interview with him the other day saying that you know he has been just raring to go because he kind of had to sit out the butt end of the season he missed the world cup you know he was back in training and just sitting there fuming over missing uh, the better part of a good run to the Champions League final and then a World Cup where England really did really well. I think he he knows he missed out like on a golden chance in his career. And I think you know that's motivating him to get back into into top form. And hopefully, again, we keep saying these about these uh, these top players that we have. Hopefully he can stay healthy. But I, I think if he does, I, in my opinion, he's certainly the right person to take on that number, that third spot in the midfield. Yeah, I mean, it's clear Klopp isn't giving up on him, right? As much as I would have wanted right. him to, right? <laughs> Six months out of four he years. He never will. <laughs> no, he's not that guy. You're right. Well, he doesn't give up on Lovren. He, you know, obviously have, you know, done the best that he possibly could on Karius, given the circumstances. He gave up, he gave up on Karius. That's one of the first, right? But he was defending him up into the signing. Never knew if he could You're right. totally get Allison. Right. So, yeah, credit well, to him. He doesn't. Have... But hold on. In Klopp's defense, though, Jeff, in Klopp's defense, he made a comment. He's like, I didn't check with my current midfielders if it was okay to go outside for Bino, uh, Fabinho and uh, Keita, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was a brilliant quote from him. 
Um, so I don't know if he gave up on Karius. I just think he's bringing in Allison because the opportunity presented itself. It was clear we needed an upgrade, and it was clear Karius's head wasn't wasn't back from that nightmare in Kiev, right? So I, you know, I just think it's. I just think it's mm. upgrading, right? Uh, Kieta is an upgrade on anything we had in the midfield, uh, and Fabinho. Uh, you could argue if he if he plays well, will be an upgrade on what we have in the in the holding midfield role of John and uh, Hendo from last season. So, I, I I just think he's he's a great man manager, and I don't I, I I think he does it quietly. I don't think he's overt about how he goes about shelving players if that makes sense no for sure and versus his competitor and Mourinho then does the exact opposite as overt as mm-hmm. he could possibly be to, right. to a fault big time um why don't we get you both we need to head into transfermania because i know a lot of people are really in you know teamed with excitement on pulisic and you know who else is on the board at this point but if you were to shut the spigot now and just deal with the signings we've had into this point why don't we get both you guys to comment on like who do you think the signing of the summer would be given the current players signed in Tyler? Ooh, that's a that's an interesting one. It's tough. It's tough saying it without having watched anybody kick a ball yet, right? But um that's what makes the I question would say fun. As far as as far as problem positions and, you know, uh, addressing a glaring issue, I'd have to say Allison you know the the goalkeeping position has has been a struggle. I, I think that, and maybe people will you know yell at me for saying this once we go, get back onto the Slack channel. But I think Carius had a, a a good stretch once he took the position from Mignolet up until the final uh, of the Champions League. And it was the first time we had sort of a solid keeper performance without too many issues. You know, he was being a good shot stopper, didn't have distribution issues, was coming out and clearing his line, coming out for crosses. He was doing everything right, right up until that. And I think the final just sort of did his head in. And I think that's going to take, he may recover. I, I don't know that it'll be Liverpool. I don't know. I don't think he'll be able to do it by the start of the season. I don't even know if he'll be able to do it by Christmas if you were to start him. So I think it's the right move to bring somebody in. And, you know, Allison doesn't have all that much as far as top flight credentials other than a good World Cup, some good national team performances, and a, what, a season at Roma. But um, Taking the but semifinals, he, you know. Yeah, listen, listen, he had a good 24-month span. But again, it's just a good 24-month span. If he is as good as he has shown over those 24 months, he's going to be a great buy, and he's going to solve that, that problem position. And I think that was a, a big hole in this machine that Klopp is building. Yep. Okay, Panner, transfers in. Who do you think of those we have now is your, your signing of the season? <laughs> Shakiri, hands down. He scored an overhead kick against uh, Man United. I mean, <laughs> why wouldn't you vote for him right now? But he's so he's so slow, Painter. He's so slow. He, he, is, he is not fast. I don't care what you say. Um, he's fast. No, in all seriousness, he's quick. Okay. He's quick. Quick, but not uh, pacey. You're going to explain yeah. the derivative between those two. I know, but um, but anyways, uh, no, he's a good signing. But I, I don't think any of our signings are bad. You know, I mean, it's pretty hard to argue with Kieta. Um, I, I think he's going to be amazing. Uh, it's hard to argue with 
Tyler's comments on Allison. It was a major hole in our team for God knows how long since Pepe Reina left. And we finally got a world-class keeper, um, knock on wood. I hope he comes good and delivers. Uh, but, man, I, I really can't pick between those two signings. I guess at a position of need, I would say that Allison has to be your vote just because it's a position of need. Uh, we needed somebody like David De Gea plays for United, like Thibaut Courtois played for Chelsea where they're actually winning you points week in, week out. They're making big saves, um, and you know they're adding uh, to the point total as opposed to just maintaining what point total you were going to get um, out of the match, uh, out of every match, right? So it's got to be Allison in terms of the point impact, but you know I think Kate is going to be just amazing uh, this season as well. Awesome. Well, I got to get my shout out because uh, we're heading to Pulisic time in a second. Extra time, Pulisic time. Um, so I'm glad you didn't pick Shakiri ultimately because that that is my signing, my potential signing of the summer. Like you've got the economics of it were impressive on its own. But I think him versus him and his body type, uh, he may be fast. He's not pacey, I guess, but he is built. And if you notice the, what was it, the third goal? versus United where he used his body so well in the middle to get the assist over to Danny at the edge of the box. That is exactly what we need and have needed versus low blocking slides that, that have become a problem for Liverpool. And we did marginally better last season, but I think if we're really to contest for the league, you, you got to perform better against the draws. And I think Shakiri offers that uh, in the 10 or even backing up. Salah or Mane for Champions League midweek, whatnot. Uh, I think he's going to be the taste of all those signings in so far. So anyway, got all that on record, whether you agree or not. Um, we now need to talk about transfers to come. And Brian Painter, <laughs> there, there, is a rumor, yeah. there is a rumor that you happen to like this Christian Pulisic guy. So I'm going to leave the floor to you. Who is he? Uh, Christian, Christian, Christian. Well, he was born in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I'm from Pennsylvania. Nice. Um, so I've got that connection with him. Hmm. <laughs> um, Are you sponsored um, by Hershey? No, absolutely not. Um, but I do like some chocolate from time to time. That said, um, <laughs> he plays for Dortmund. He's 19. Everybody knows him, probably that listens to this pod. Uh, the kid is uh, a fantastic player. He's, like I said, he's 19 years old. He's coming into the peak of his powers. He started 42 matches um, for Dortmund last year, uh, which is fantastic for a 19-year-old. He's going to be 20 in September. And, yes, I am getting a little creepy at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> Figured it would go this way. Um, Keep going. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's September 8th is his birthday. He's getting flowers and candy for me. Um, no, but uh, – uh, he he fits the target across all the needs that we have left in the team, right? So we need somebody with pace to back up Salah and Mane. He's got pace. Um, he plays wing for uh, Dortmund, and he does it very well. Uh, the thing that's missing from his game right now is consistent goal threat. Uh, but he, he seems to have found a goal threat when he plays for the United States men's national team, where he plays in the 10 role primarily. Um, so he's interchangeable across all front four positions. Uh, so he would add a, 
a, just a tremendous piece of talent and depth. Uh, the deal basically pays for itself. Uh, 65 million pounds. Who cares? I mean, the guy is going to be a marketing, you know, magnet for U.S. companies and U.S. brands uh, for Liverpool Football Club. And with the contract uh, from NBC coming up, uh, coming due in 2020, I believe, uh, for the rights to the Premier League in the United States, every company or every broadcasting company is going to go all in on getting and getting those rights. Uh, even if he wasn't here, they go all in. But now that he, if he were to come, they would just go all in and they would televise Liverpool every chance they got. So <clears throat> you just have to, you just have to sit there and say, man, it just checks every box you could want. Tremendous player provides depth and quality across all four for, uh, front four positions and he would be a financial windfall at 65 million pounds to bring him onto the team. I don't see why this is a bad deal. He's not re-signing his Dortmund contract. He came out publicly and stated that it expires in 2020. So they're in that window where if they're going to get maximum value for him, this is the summer he needs to move. Um, anything beyond the summer and he's going to be diminished in value uh, in terms of the time left on his contract. Uh, and as well as if he gets injured or something along those lines, he's in perfect health. He didn't go to the World Cup. He's been training all summer. He's had a full preseason. There's just not anything bad about this situation. I love him. I, I, I want him tomorrow. Obviously. <laughs> wow. Wow, that is wow. a solid first good. opener, right? Yeah, yeah. So Passionate, uh, influential. I'm sold. I'm going to... <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm wrapped in an American flag as I'm sitting here. So that's cool. I need Tyler. I'm wrapped in an American flag with my uh, or I'm wrapped in a Liverpool flag with my American undies on. Oh, there you go. Thank you for that. <laughs> Just right like before yeah, dinner. That's so weird. Just yeah. like yeah, yeah. It's like what we did. Yeah. It's well, I, I, I've got to have Tyler now be the CJ Morales to your argument and give us the why Fakir and why now. Tyler. So I only have two counter arguments to, to all of that. I think it's a, I don't think they should be mutually exclusive. I think, you know, one of them is a immediate first team. He's 25 years old. He's entering the prime of his career. He has found some consistency over the last couple of seasons. He's been one of the best players in league one. He, he is a proven commodity. And the other is great for every single reason that Painter just said. And he is a rising star. And there's no doubt that he's going to be phenomenal. Do I, I just think that a player like Nabil, Nabil Fakir, with his experience, his just age, he, he's at the right age along with the rest of the squad. If you look at the average age in the squad. We talked about this a lot on the Slack channel. It seems like everything is sort of built around 26 years old. Everybody's north and south, minus a few. Like you've got Lovren, I think is a little bit older, but the starters, there's a few, obviously, but Trent's the outlier, right? Because that was always supposed to be Klein's position until he disappeared for a year. But, you know, everybody is somewhere between 24 and 28, and I think Fakir fits the the mold, the machine that was being built around a certain age group, a, su a certain um, level of experience, a certain, uh, I feel like at a certain point in your career, you hit that point where you're ready to win. And this team right now is uh, needs that. And I think if you add a 
another mature, consistent player in that number 10 position who can also go out wide, uh, I think that's going to be lethal. And there's no reason, that's not to say we shouldn't also go, uh, Liverpool shouldn't also go for Pulisic. I think he's a fantastic one for the future, but it's, you know, again, I think he's, uh, what's he, 19 years old, 20 years old now? He's still a young a young player and he's got so much road ahead of him. Uh, I don't know that to, to choose an up and coming player and put that pressure, but like make them earn their place in the, uh, in the starting XI on a team like this, that's sort of just rising and sort of ready to take that next step or trying to, to, to be ready to take the next step is fair. It's a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, but Tyler, Tyler, I will challenge that. What, if you don't get him this summer, right. And say Chelsea put a deal together for him. Then you're you're never getting them. So I, mean, I don't I, disagree. I think you've got to be opportunistic with the situation that's at hand to take it down, even if it means overextending yourself um, right now to get to get him because he's going to be so valuable. I honestly think you get. I think you get both if you can do it because I agree that the Pulisic deal is financially sound and will pay for itself. I think the Fakir deal has less upside financially. But more upside from a footballing perspective. I think Fakir can come in and be our our, our free kick taker. I, I don't think we have somebody who has his ability on a set piece other than maybe Trent, and he only shows it in flashes. Um, I, I don't think Christian Pulisic adds that to the team. I think from a pure footballing perspective, Nabil makes more sense. I think from a financial, from a from everything that you spoke about, it makes perfect sense to go out and get Pulisic. And I'm not saying they shouldn't do both. Uh, I'm just saying from pure who's going to come in and slot in and be most ready to be a starter in the position of need, it's going to be Fakir for me. No, that's solid. Because Fakir, Fakir coming in, he, he's definitely a level up of Pulisic, but I think you know, obviously the upside is higher with Pulisic. Absolutely. And Absolutely. you've got a development manager that I think has you know the unique ability to take him to that next level, take him to world class. So he doesn't, if you were to think of it, he, he doesn't have to come in and be the starter or even the star of the team, right? It, they don't, there's not that spotlight, I think, around him. And I think if Klopp beds him in the way he's done very well with Trent and with, well, Van Dyke, he didn't really get much bet, betting in, but at least with Trent, um, if you were to apply that to Pulisic and, you know, he starts to get run of games like towards mid year, towards Christmas, whatnot. I think you're looking at like that kind of impact from a goal and threat perspective that maybe you were expecting from Fakir and you've got concerns about the knee with Fakir. That's my problem. You know, if the it's rumors fair. are true that, that they wouldn't ensure the knee, that's why the deal didn't come together despite all of us announcing it. Uh, <laughs> I, then what do you do if, you know, he goes down like mid season or struggles to stay healthy? So yeah, I've, like for all the reasons, yes, both let's, let's do both if we can, but being practical, this is Liverpool. So we're used to just getting one, if that. And for me, that's Pulisic. That's my boy. <laughs> All right. Now, it doesn't now, mean you won. I bet you both a beer. <laughs> I bet you both a beer. It's Fakira, not Pulisic. How about that? A beer at Mafia or at that <laughs> bar with like the sticky <laughs> floor. Flight train. Listen, I'm, I'm down. Mule ride to Kiev. Yeah, a mule ride. <laughs> Jeff practically did a mule ride. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Ain't that the case? Um, why not, it's been a great pod just getting you guys back together. I appreciate all of the thoughts on current squad, how terrible United are, and what's still left on the board through its 
the 9th at 5 o'clock local time in UK. So still some anticipation to go and can't wait to see if there's another name to walk through that door or two as we're kind of postulating at the end of the spot. Look for us, talk on, the, the crew are back. We're getting our sea legs and really excited about the start, the start of the show. Wanted to thank both our contributors, uh, Mr. Painter and Mr. Final. And as always, talk on. You'll sit, you'll sit. I got on, I got on, I got on.